0: Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of God Built This Podcast. I'm your host, Maxine, and we're on episode 120. Before we get into anything else, before we get into anything else, because I have a plethora of topics to discuss on this episode, I want to talk about my breasts. Let's just take a moment to talk about my breasts. Um... I can't tell you the last time I've gotten these things, these things sized, but I do remember the last time I got it sized, I was told I am a double D. And at this point, I think another D Added into the doubles. Okay. I feel like something else is happening here. Like, I'm, it, my breast is fine. Nothing to be concerned over. But the amount of heaviness and weight, I feel like the way I'm wearing my clothes is different from, let's just say, two years ago. I look back, I'm like, mm, did I gain weight? Is the weight only going towards my breast? What's going on? And being that I, I'm just such a person. I'm a person who loves freedom, who loves liberation, who loves to do what I want, um, and loves to center peace and happiness in my life. And when I think about my breasts, that is a major part in centering my peace and happiness as far as not wearing bras. I hate wearing bras. It oppresses me. It is oppressive. It is an oppressive system that women are forced to to um, abide by. I have to acquiesce to it because of other people's discomfort when they see nipples. I don't. I don't understand. I purposely go out without bras on most times. Even sometimes when I'm at work and. I understand that I can't... Like, that's a privilege for smaller-breasted women because you can't really see their titties, right? You it's like, okay, you're not wearing a bra, so... But for bigger-breasted women, such as myself, there is no privilege for me to not go, go out here in the world without a bra. Unless, you know, we live in a world that eventually... Is comfortable with breasts being out. You know, I wish we were back in Adam and Eve days as far as just like being around naked like being out and about naked. That's that's as far. I don't want to go back to slavery and all that stuff. But like I want to just walk outside naked. I want my breasts to be out. And it's not even on some oh, I don't want niggas to look at my bra. I don't want and I don't want it. It's funny because I don't want to wear bras. My nipples are hard most of the time. And I swear it has nothing to do with my level of horniness. Like, I'm not horny at all. My nipples are just hard. And I'm not even cold. My nipples are just hard. Okay. Okay. And I want to go out and about and not receive any attention. I, I just want to go out with no bra on because it oppresses me. It is uncomfortable. When I take off my bra there's like marks on my breasts because I'm wearing it for too long, maybe it's the underwire, and it supports my breasts. It's very supportive, but I don't want to wear it. And I don't want you looking at my breasts. And I don't want you feeling uncomfortable because you see my hard nipple. It's a hard nipple, okay? It has nothing to do with you. It's just the way my body is. like i just don't want to wear bras so i want to get to a point in this lifetime where bras are not expected and it is accepted to not wear them in public places when i'm here in my home i'm naked most of the time just me and my panties on that's it nothing else on i hate having to get dressed. I hate having to put clothes on. I don't like layers. I just want to go outside naked and be okay and not get raped. How about that? How about that? Anyway, I just need to just let that out my system. No bras 2021. is oppressive. <laughs> um, let's talk about Portia. Portia, Portia, Portia. What do you guys think I'm going to say about this Portia situation? What do you guys think I'm going to say? Um, Okay, so let me just give some context for those of you who may not be familiar with the little controversy with Portia Williams. So Portia is one of the cast members of The Real Housewives of Atlanta. She is... um, I mean, she's not really famous for anything in particular. She's just a, a reality star. She is the granddaughter of one of the, one of the civil rights leaders who walked alongside Martin Luther King Jr., Dr. Martin Luther King. So um, she has activism in her blood and she just started becoming uh, more in tune with that side of herself this past year, you know, due to Black Lives Matter and, you know, the, the recent killings of unarmed black men and black women. Um and now she's uh being known for being engaged to a African man. And not just African I, I want to and I want to fixate on African cuz let's talk about African niggas for a moment. Um but that's not the issue. It's the fact that she uh is now engaged to a man who is technically still married. But the divorce is being finalized, according to what she's saying. And the wife who he is married to, she is a friend of the show on Real Housewives of Atlanta. And she actually came on the show by Portia. Portia introduced this woman, her name is Fallon, as a friend of hers. So she said, "Oh, Fallon's a friend of mine, and she's so cool, you know." So she's bringing her onto the show. She Fallon was on a few episodes, just kind of just has a friend of the show. She doesn't have a peach, at least not yet, and she just started off on the show because of Portia. And come to find out, Port uh, Fallon and her 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 husband, his name is Simon. He's the African man that I'm talking about. Are going through a divorce. And like shortly after we find out, it's been revealed and confirmed that Portia is actually dating this man and is now engaged to him. And she reveals in a Instagram post that she and him have been dating for a month now so it's been a month she says and i just want to read a couple of words from her caption because i just look at the end of the day no matter how it looks like i understand the optics right it looks kind of like Ooh, okay it's awkward. but i just want us to understand that love is fucking love like i <laughs> I support love. I support love. No matter how it's uh no matter how it's uh had. I feel like we you know we live in this world that is so short. We we have a life that's so short. And if your soulmate <laughs> if your soulmate is someone else's husband, then so be it. So the fuck be it. Oh, I'm kidding, but I'm not. I'm kidding, but I'm not. Okay, here's a caption. Our relationship began a month ago. Yes, we are crazy in love. I know it's fast, but we are living life each day to its fullest. I choose happiness every morning and every night. And I want to pause right there because I think that's so powerful. You know, I I want us to choose happiness, I want to like, of course, don't let the happiness that you're choosing be in violence in a way like I don't want like I- I'm not condoning being in a relationship with someone who is uh, a minor, you know, of a minor age or, you know, something like crazy like that. I'm talking about loving who you want to love. Right. And going forth with that and not allowing fear or society's expectations or your family's expectations or what it may look like. You know, oftentimes we don't get into opportunities. We don't get into relationships because of what other people think. We spend so much time making decisions based off of the validation and approval of other people, rather than what we want, what we desire, and just going straight for it. You know, me starting this podcast three years ago now was a decision that I made intentionally for myself, to be bold and to be forthright and to stand in my essence confidently. And that means creating a space where I get to voice my opinions, I get to process my thoughts, I get to be vulnerable and stand in that. I've grown so much since the uh, fruition of this podcast and I applaud everyone who chooses themselves. I applaud everyone who chooses to make the decision that is best for themselves rather than following this type of model that is expected for us. So sure, it may not look peachy keen for Portia to, to be in relationship with in a romantic relationship with a man let's say African man too, because let's talk about that in a second. But a man who is going through a divorce from a woman who she brought on the show. It looks crazy. It looks, let's just be honest. It does look crazy. It looks crazy. But her and Fallon are friends. And if we understand how reality shows are, they're fake for the most part right like you know oftentimes when they say oh this is my friend i'm bringing her on the show they're not really friends you just have to find a smooth way to introduce someone onto the show it doesn't mean that they're actually friends you know there are relationships on a reality show that are genuine right like oh i know this i've been friends with this person for 15 years and you know they knew me in my first marriage and my you know what like there's different types of relationships but for Portia to receive so much backlash for her relationship with Simon because, oh, her and Fallon were friends, It's that's not true. Her and Fallon weren't friends. They weren't friends. So let's just talk like that. Let's talk like that. It'll be different if, if maybe they were friends and we're, and we're looking at her like, damn, that's fucked up. But that's not the case. It's not the case. So let's not add that into it. Let's just talk about... <laughs> Look, I don't, someone has to talk about the being the other woman, being the side chick, being whatever you want to call it. But let's just talk about that for a second because I understand how it's so easy to just say, close your legs to married men. Close your legs to married men, right? Shout out to NeNe Leaks. I understand. That's just like the first thing to say, right? I don't want to hear it. You didn't, he's married. Nope. Oh, he got a ring. Nope. Let's talk about marriage. <laughs> <laughs> <What's> the, <laughs> oh my gosh. Let's talk about marriage. What is marriage? Okay, marriage is preached to us as this sacred unity between two folks. And if you want to be very, you know, traditional between a man and a woman, right? And... There is this expectation or this understanding, this immediate understanding that you are not to even look at, be attracted to, uh, entertain a married person, you know, whether that's a wife, whether that's a husband. Uh, but we have to understand that many folks who are married are married for wrong reasons. So let's talk about wrong reasons. What are wrong reasons, Maxine? get married a lot of people get married because they feel like it's the thing to do i know a a no longer married couple who they're not a couple at all anymore from years ago when I, i grew up with this this particular woman in uh back home in boston and many of the adults the young adults in my life as i was growing up back home in boston in my church got married at a particular age. They all got married probably in their late twenties, if I think about it now. Yeah. In their late twenties they they found they found a girlfriend or a boyfriend. They got married. It was just a thing to do. And especially when you put religion and growing up in the church into play, it is more encouraged and borderline pushed for you to just go ahead and get married because premarital sex is not at all encouraged nor is it recognized even though many motherfuckers were having sex before marriage you don't talk about that and you're not supposed to So, and you're not supposed to show evidence of that and by evidence I mean being pregnant prior to getting married right so the safe thing to do is just go ahead and get married because well at least I'm having sex under the confinements of marriage and, uh, if I get pregnant, well, I have a husband, so it's it's fine. and my parents won't disown me. my my church won't um, disown me as well. And this has been a thing. I don't know if it's still going on in Haitian churches. i I've, I haven't attended a Haitian church nor been a member of a Haitian church in years since I moved to Houston and Left my home church. I still love my home church, but I had to move forward in my own spiritual walk journey. And I I talked about that in an older episode of this podcast, so you could go back and check that out. Or those who know, you know, know. But many times people get married because it's just the thing to do. You know, it's it's the it's the quote unquote natural next step, and it's an encouragement for folks to get married, especially if you are coming from a religious background, right, a religious upbringing. Especially when you wanna put into the mix where you're already pregnant by your boyfriend, you guys didn't get married, you guys aren't engaged, but to make it look good, let me just go ahead and get married, let me have a shotgun marriage, um, a shotgun wedding, and boom, I'm married. Okay, God is pleased. My my grandma's pleased. My my mom is pleased. My church is pleased. But I'm not pleased, right? I'm not pleased. I'm not happy with this decision because I am now in this sanctity of a thing that was rushed into that I did not prepare for, just because. Well, you're pregnant. You can't be pregnant before marriage. So just get married so God could recognize it, right? And I think that is the problem from the very beginning. We need to stop that, right? So there's a lot of marriages that have happened and that has, you know, it still is going on because of the pressure from the surroundings of that individual. Now, you're in a marriage and you're not happy. This was not the husband you imagined. You just... You didn't imagine your husband to be a bum, right? I know many people who got married and their husbands were a bum. (laughs) Were a fucking bum. A fucking bum. Oh my gosh. And this actual, I'm talking about another couple right now. They're still married and he's still a bum. I remember him being a bum when I was much younger and I'm like, damn, he's a bum. Why is she still having kids by hand? Well, and she had like three, four, five, whatever, you know, and look, not my business, not my business, but I'm giving you guys context into the fact that people are in marriages because of, uh, of a pressure placed upon them because of the lack of self-actualization that they have, so they... They feel like they have no other choice, right? I am pregnant before marriage. Let me just go ahead and don't don't get me wrong. I know a few people, a few women who did get pregnant before marriage and still decided not to marry their baby daddy. That happens, but there are plenty of cases when it's the opposite, and you're miserable and you signed up for something with someone who you not, who you did not prepare for. You know, people think, well, if you had a baby with him, then why wouldn't you want to marry him? Why? Because I I just wanted to fuck. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's why. I just wanted to fuck and I just happened to get pregnant. I was sloppy, right? I was reckless. I didn't take the proper precautions. I was in the in the midst, you know when you're in the throes of lovemaking, you leave that dick in too long, right? He he don't pull out. And you're in the you're in the zone. You're in the motion, and boom, period didn't come. Boom, there's a bump. Boom, there's a larger bump. Boom, I'm pregnant. Okay, and these things happen. And sometimes when you're in an environment and you're raised in an upbringing that focuses on marriage being the answer, being the the solution, right? If you're a horny mess, if you if you're promiscuous, right? If you are a porn addict, if you can't stop, you know, philandering to 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 people out here in the streets, marriage will solve your issue. Marriage will fix it. And then you get married, thinking that it will fix it, thinking that it'll fix your addiction to pornography, thinking that it'll fix your addiction to sex, thinking that it'll fix your addiction to uh lack of self-worth. You know how many people get married because they feel like their husband or wife will validate them and make them be this confident human being, but they realize, oh no, it's actually not happening like that. I'm actually still not being recognized or... It's at the end of the day, someone else is someone else is not responsible for your own self-esteem, for your own confidence. That is some inner work stuff that you have to figure out on your own and go through that journey of. But there is this misconception that marriage is the solution. So let's talk about that, right? So that so we talked about that, we don't talk about that again. So that's one reason why people are in marriages and it was not really something that they plan for, right? So that's one reason. Another reason, uh let's say um because we've been dating for a long time, right? We have history together. It's the natural progression, right? Um, and there's no baby involved. There's nothing in, in between to to force that, but it's the natural progression. And now you're in this marriage with someone and it's not really what you had thought it was or you didn't really prepare for it. It wasn't something that you really Look, people aren't happy. There's a lot of marriages where you did not exp- you were you went into it for the wrong reasons, okay? And what are the right reasons to go into marriage, right? I I mean, I would think love would be a part of that, but sometimes people say, no, it has to be more than just love. I don't know, but I do think love, and I'm talking about romantic love, right? Not just friendship love. Of course, there should be a friendship had between you and your spouse, but as far as anything else, there should be an emphasis, there should be a focus on love, and people think love could just grow, you know, love could just grow, romantic love could grow. And I'm not a believer of that. I think if I don't love you at first sight, I'm not gonna love you. That's really how I feel. If I don't love you, if I don't love you at first sight, I'm not ever going to love you. Did I tell, okay, so I, I, I remember in my previous relationship, I've talked about him before. His name on this podcast is Short Bay. Okay? Short Bay. Because he was probably four foot 11 i I'm not lying. Hello? Is the mic on? Four foot eleven. It's like he's probably like five, five two, five two. Still fucking four foot eleven. Like what's the difference? So me and Short Bay, we dated for a year. We dated because I was thinking or we lasted for that long because I felt like, okay, I could grow into love with this person. This person could be a a perfect husband for me, a perfect spouse for me, a perfect boyfriend for me. I could grow into him and I never did never did now imagine if i would have if we would have gotten married imagine if i would have just been like well it's the natural progression of things or well let's let's uh let's uh you know we have a baby let's get you know let's get married i would have been miserable I would have been miserable. Why, Maxine? Why? Why couldn't you grow into love with Short Bay? Because he was short. What did you hear me? Four <laughs> eleven. Okay, that wasn't the only reason, but there's there's a plethora of reasons why I couldn't grow into love with him. One, I wasn't attracted to him, physically, sexually. All of that was out of the window. There was nothing there for me. But I thought eventually I'll grow into it. You know, because there's plenty of marriages that start based off of arrange arrangements by you know parents and stuff. So, and those marriages last for X amount of years. And then we think that, oh, well, if you've been, oh, wow, this person's been married. You know, my grandparents, my 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 aunt and uncle, they've been married for, and I'm definitely just throwing out names because I don't have a grandparents anymore. They have since passed away. Um, they have long passed away. And uh, I can't think of any aunts and uncles that are still married in my life. <laughs> so, <laughs> let me, oh, no, what, I do have, wait, I only have one aunt who's still married in my life and she seems happy but um shout out to my uncle too like that's my aunt and uncle there from my mom's side yeah they're the only one who I can think of right now who is who are still married but as far as anybody else like there's a lot of arrangements made to get married based off of well this is the natural thing to do and I think about short Bay, I'm like well I wasn't attracted to him I wasn't uh, pleased by him, but I stayed in that relationship because he looked good on paper. He looked good on paper, okay? He had his shit together, seemingly so, all right? He had a house. He had tenants. Okay, ooh, homeowner. And back then, I really revered that. That was a thing to be impressed by. And not even just back then. It's impressive now. But back then, I was really more impressed by that. Now it's like okay, nigga, you should ha- you should own a home. What the fuck? Like, has a man. Anyway, but uh, he, you know, he had tenants, and but there was just a lot of things missing in between us that that um, were the reason why were the reasons why I just not was not connecting with him. Okay, and I think about like what if I would have just stayed longer what if you know we we went back at it again and you know had a you know tried it the next time uh i would have been very un you know displeased by it just to say the least and i think that's just what we need to talk about some more like how does a marriage turn things off you know we think about marriage being the solution but it's not it's not you're the solution you are, you have the answer to the questions that you have, you have the approval that you need, that you've been seeking from other people, you are the way, and that, not even sound cocky, but we, we place a lot of emphasis on other people to do something for us, to, to, to establish or confirm something in us, but we're living life wrong in that way, okay, and anyway, getting back to Portia, can you get back to Portia for a second? What the question that I have here? When's the right time to date a married man? <laughs> everything's a fucking joke. Everything's a joke. I'm gonna laugh every second of this ep- of this episode because everything's a joke. When's the right time to date a? What kind of question is that? <laughs> I think at the start of their marriage. No, no. When's the right time to date a married man? Look. And I, okay, I wrote this question down primarily because when one is going through a divorce, it does not typically co- it does not typically finalize within a few days, right? There's a lot of things that come into play that extend the process. So what I mean by this question is, you know, though you may be legally married, there are folks who are separated, you know, they may live in the same house or they may live in separate homes, but they are no longer emotionally attached, spiritually attached, sexually attached to each other, but they have this little thing hanging over their heads, hey, I'm still legally married. And I want to emphasize the part legally married because that's what it is. It's not a marriage as far as an emotionally fulfilling situation, but it's a legally bound document that you both are still in with each other and it'll take a process. It'll take some time to to disbarred from that, you know, so remember a few years ago, uh, I was talking to my cousin, and I was saying how, like, she was saying, like, you know, I don't think it was ever the right time to marry me or whatever. I'm like, well, let's talk about that. Let's, t- <laughs> let's talk about that because a divorce could take a while, you know? And what am I just, am I not supposed to? And I was speaking from the standpoint of being the one divorcing my husband, right? If I'm married and I'm going through a divorce with my husband, I know the divorce proceedings are, you know, it's going to take a year. So am I not, So, and I'm not saying I'm actively going out dating, but if I just happen to develop, and, uh, and that's really what it is. Sometimes you just happen to fall onto the dick. You know, somebody you just happen to fall in love with someone who may not be all the way available to you, but you're just there. And I think that's just something that we need to talk about because there's this there's this idea that you're supposed to just wait until everything is just signed off and you, you know, by June 1st, you should be able to start dating again and that is the moral thing to do and i'm just not here for it i'm not here for it i think there's a lot of nuance into the situations that we fall under there's a lot of things that get in the way am i supposed to suspend right is portia supposed supposed to suspend her happiness her peace her love that has been Intensified because of this relationship with Simon because he is still legally married. I don't agree with that. You know, I don't agree that she should have to wait until things are panned out. The fuck? That shit, that has, here's how I see it it has nothing to do with me. <laughs> Everything's a fucking joke. It hasn't, your marriage has no, Port, Portia should feel that way. And I, and I, obviously she does, but. Simon's marriage has nothing to do with her. Even though she's dating him, even though they're moving forward in their relationship, his marriage has nothing to do with her. And what does that mean? It means that I don't need to know every little detail that you have going on with your wife, right? I feel like, you know, you, if you're going to wrap that shit up, wrap that shit up. As far as me and you, me and you is me and you. The way I see things, I'm I'm good at compartmentalizing, I'm good at separating one thing from the other. And if I was in a Portion situation, I would be fine. <laughs> I would be fine. And I think um, you know, there's just like bad image. Or this um, what is it? like we, we like to make a monster out of the mistress, you know, oh, she's a home wrecker and oh, she should have closed her legs to married men. I don't agree with that primarily because you're a whole adult. Every party in this situation is a whole adult. You mean to tell me that Portia came in and wrecked the home between two adults? No, 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 no. The home was already wrecked. The home was already wrecked and that has nothing to do with Portia. Nothing. And I often think, you know, if someone is stepping out of their marriage, their relationship, their engagement, The blame is typically placed on the mistress, right? The other man, the other woman. It's not typically the other man, but like it's is placed on that person who has nothing to do with the relationship. You know, let's focus on Simon. Let's focus on Fallon. Let's talk about um, that they were already probably going through a hard time. Hence, why he decided to step out, and I just, uh, you know, people like to say, "Don't victim blame, don't victim." Blame. I'm not, there's no victims, right? No one got you know killed or anything, but there's this idea that the spouse has nothing to do with the other spouse stepping out. Ooh, you're not supposed to say that, Maxine. There's this idea. That you cheating has nothing to do with the person who you've cheated on, right? Like, there's a lack somewhere, there's something that's lacking. There's a lack of emotional fulfillment, there's a lack of sexual fulfillment. There's a if your man's not getting his dick sucked by you, right? That's not your thing, and your man has voc- vocalized that this is his his thing he likes to get his dick sucked he and i'm 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 breaking it down to the simplest form because even at the simplest form there's some type of understanding that we could that we could reach right if i w- like my pussy eaten, if i like my pussy eaten, if i like you twisting my nipples every time you see me every time you see me i want my nipples to be twisted right? If I like a massage and it leads to you know if I like these type of things as part of the foreplay, as part of overall my sexual fulfillment from you, and if you refuse, To please me. Just on that level. And there's more levels. right? I'm just bringing it down to the the simplest things. I feel like sexual fulfillment should be the bare minimum. It should be. But if the bare minimum is not being met. What do you think is going to happen? Huh? Hello? Do you think think something's going to happen? Like I just. And I'm not talking about the, the couples who. You know. Who's. You know, the wife is doing everything, is sucking the dick every day, is slobbing it down. You know, I'm not talking about those wives, right? I'm not talking about those marriages because oftentimes it's, it, that has to do with the man just being a, a fuckboy, right? And he has some inner workings to, to work through. But we're talking about the the marriages, the relationships that one party in the relationship, in the marriage, is not doing their part. Whatever part that is, whatever part that was agreed upon. And you're now having to be in this marriage, be in this situation with someone, and something's missing. And you're just gonna live with that. You know, I don't think it's fair. So anyway, I think about Portia, and I think about just like, I think about portrait. I just think about like, you, you know what? Life is fucking short. Life is short. And <laughs> That's just a fucking joke, life is short. And if you choosing happiness, if you choosing love, may mean that you're dating someone who is not all the way out of a situation okay, like, I just, life goes on, life fucking goes on, like, what is this, nothing is real, so life goes on, so I just think, overall, there needs to be some understanding, and there needs to be some nuance to the situation, okay, I like that she said, I had nothing to do with their divorce filing, that's between the two of them, it is, because that's ultimately what it is, and here's the thing, I feel like she's lying a little bit, uh, as far as, when their relationship began, like say if their relationship began prior to them filing divorce, I still believe that Portia had nothing to do with their divorce filing. And I'm gonna say that again. If Portia and Simon began their romantic relationship prior to Simon filing for divorce against his wife, I still believe that Portia had nothing to do with their divorce filing. Huh? How does that make sense, Maxine? It makes sense because, like I said earlier, the home was already wrecked. I don't believe in home wrecking. The home was already wrecked. So the filing was going to happen one way or or another, right? I believe that with all of my might. Whether Portia decided to date this motherfucking African or not, there was going to be a filing of divorce happening between simon and fallon at some point or another sure this relationship could have expedited (laughs) it could have put an express file you know stamp on things but um at the end of the day it has nothing to do with her it has nothing to do with her the marriage was already wrecked The marriage was already wrecked. Now is he supposed to wait until everything is filed? You know, there's assets, there's businesses, there's money, there's children, there's there's contribute whatever it is that is joint between husband and wife. These are the things that are oftentimes get in the that that get in the way of a, a quick and speedy divorce. And that's just how things are. Like it doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that he is, you know, it's just, fucking live your fucking life. I look, love wins, and I'm here for love. Love wins, and I support Portia. You know, maybe I'm biased, but, like, I at the end of the day, I feel like there needs to be some nuanced thinking and understanding of this situation, okay? Let's think about Adrian, what's her name? Adrian Bylon and Israel Newbreed, well, Israel uh, Holton, okay, their marriage, you know, started off kind of, you know, a little suspicious, like, hmm, isn't he married, or wasn't he married, and it had the same type of start, similar, she wasn't seemingly friends with her, uh, with his ex-wife, or, you know, soon-to-be ex-wife at that time, but he was... Already going through a divorce or already going through a hard time with his wife, okay? Actually, at that very point in time, he and Adrian Bylon were seeing each other, but he was still legally married. He was still legally married, um, and he actually posted a whole Facebook post regarding the situation years ago when they first started, you know, when they started dating, and he said how he did step out on his, on his marriage, they try to repair it, um, but there was a lot of things wrong with their marriage. There was a lot of things that was making him unhappy, making his spouse unhappy, and they tried to make it work. They, they they tried, and they were to they were married for a few like a long time, but it just wasn't working out. So towards the end of a marriage, when it's not working out with your spouse, what do you do? You just you just get you just stay miserable until the divorce is finalized and then you can start dating. I don't believe that. I don't believe that and I don't support that. I think, you know, like I said, happiness is short, not life is short. Therefore, your happiness should be your focus. You should try to pursue happiness as best as you can. And if that means <laughs> And that means doing what Portia did. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. And I feel like at the end of the day, you know, live in the present time, live in the moment, live in the moment. And hopefully that moment lasts. Um, But moments usually, you know, it's a moment. But I, uh, it's fine. It's fine. Live your fucking life. But let's talk about dating an African. Let's talk about dating an African Man. You know, already it's a red flag. For me, for me, you know, I don't know if I voiced my qualms with African men. Have I voiced it? Cause I used to talk to an African guy a few, you know, a little while ago. <laughs> but not like that. He was just like a little situation that I had back home. And um, but he was super like he's cool. But he was super, just kind of dumb, just kind of dense, like kind like just super shit, like nothing going on in his head. Okay, I'm not talking about that type of African. I'm talking about the African men who are so assimilated into American culture that they like I I can't tell them apart, even though I could tell them apart physically from a Black American to like an African American from an African African, but. I want to talk about that because there's these African men that I've been coming across here in Houston and I'm just trying to figure out who the fuck do they think they are? Who, like, they've assimilated so much into the American culture that it's actually laughable that I feel like they're trying their hardest to be these black Americans, okay? Um... Let's talk about this one African guy who I know because he's a barber. And he's at the shop that I usually go to when I get my hair braided. And he's like Gucci down, Louis Vuitton down. What else? Uh, every brand, every name, brand, he's wearing it. Just super extra. Just super extra just extra just trying to look this part this part and he he uses vernacular that is very common to black americans black men here in america and i look at him i'm just like huh? what like what is who are you like what's the real you like what is going on you know what who are you you know, you're know, you putting on this facade, you're wearing these name brands, you're talking in this different dialect. Nigga, you were not raised like this. And I understand we evolve, right? We, we become more of this identity, whoever we want to be. But it's just such an obvious display of fitting into this American culture. And I hate that. And I'm noticing that to be a trend from a lot of these African men that I've been seeing here in Houston. I have an African male neighbor. Every time I see this nigga, and I'm not saying you can't wear name brands. I'm not saying that. But there's a way to wear name brands without wearing name brands. I'm not that type of girl. Like, I don't really have, I don't never cared for it, you know, but I think. When you only like you don't know how to dress down, you going to the gym with a Louis Vuitton belt. What are we doing? Like, wh- where are you are you are you working out or are you just standing there posing for niggas? You know, like who are you trying to impress? This African male neighbor of mine. Every time I see him, and I swear, maybe I'm out here going back to my breasts. <laughs> I'm out here with no with no bra on. <laughs> And he's seeing that first. But I don't think so. I, I mean, I cover it to the point where, like, if I'm, I'll wear a little jacket so you won't see my nipples. But every time I see him, he, like, he undresses me, basically. Like, he he just violated me, okay? And I'm faced with this man, this African man in front of me, looking me up and down, licking his lips. What else? Um... Just like making me feel cheap. At the end of the day, I feel cheapened by his presence in front of me because he's he's gawking at me, and he's a type. of, You know, some people when they try to flirt with you, you know, you give them a hello. You just say hello, and they they take that and run. Like, oh, hello, hi, hi I just wanted to see you look so beautiful today. Do you have a boyfriend? Do you you know, they just they go the distance. And I know, because I've experienced this with African men, with Caribbean men, with all, like, it's particularly, you know, just men of, you know, foreign descent. They have the a way about them where they'll, you give them a fucking inch, they'll take a mile. They're going to go far as much as they can with you and see what, you know, what's popping. Every time I see this guy, He's looking me up and down. He's ready to say something, and I could spot something. I could spot a creepy dude. I could spot anybody, but I could I could spot any type of energy, and I, and I I spot his energy from a mile away. And you just gotta keep it moving. You can't make you can't make eye contact. You make eye contact, they 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 take that as initiative. They take that as oh she's interested. Let me say something right. So. I just keep on walking, <laughs> you know, press the elevator, focus on my phone, don't just, hello, that's it. If that, if that. And he again is another display of African men who I've seen here who just completely erase or eradicate their Africanness. They are American down. And I just think that's just deplorable. I. I see the women that he's with. They're all about that same type of look, like this, like flashy, this, um, you know, just I got, I got I got, all the latest trends. I have this. I have that. And I'm just not here for it. I remember the African barber, he said to me, what happened? No, I was talking back to him, not in a rude way, but like I was engaging in a conversation with him before, and he that day, was driving a rundown caravan. And I, okay, like, whatever. Like, I, I don't really see that, right? But I, I noticed that he was driving that. Whatever. I, I see it, but I'm not, like, taking it in as a ew. Like, you know, it's not a turn-off, necessarily. Um, okay. So then he he mentions to me, in the first conversation, the first breath, that, oh, no, whoa, I'm just driving this car today because my, my, my Escalade or my Merced, whatever, some G760520, whatever car that is for Mercedes, <laughs> whatever it is, he's driving, that, that's in the shop right now, like it's in the shop, or, um, he also said that he changes his car, he swaps his car every few months, he brings his car down to Ghana, where, you know, where, his where he's from and he sells his car there and he's saying all this to explain why he's driving this rundown caravan and i'm saying rundown for a purpose not to say not to place judgment not to make him inadequate at all because again i don't care about that but it's to make it clear that he sees it as his rundown situation and he has to explain so quickly why he is driving this type of car. and I'm having to just sit there and watch him go down this journey of I'm still good enough. I'm good enough. Do you still see me? Look, I could afford having a G76. You know, I could afford having the Benz. I could afford this. Don't don't look at this run-down caravan. And I'm looking at it like, okay, now I'm now I'm unattracted. Now I'm turned off because you think I care so much about that. And not even this just that. You care so much about that. Why do you care so much about that? None of these things matter. <laughs> like <laughs> what? We place value on these things, right? You know, if you have the latest phone. Look at me, I do want a new iPhone because my shit is cracked um, on the back, though. Not on the, well, just a little crack on the phone, But look, we we get so we get so hyper focused on having the latest things, right? And then we have the latest phone, the latest clothes, the latest hairstyle, the latest home style, the. There's different things that we feel like we need to have in order in order to appear successful. But okay. You have this Benz, but do you have equity? Okay, you have this Benz, but um do you have your own business? You have these bands, you have this Benz, but do you have employees? Like do you do you really have a stock in things? Like, what are you... Oh, but I got a Benz, though. I got this Gucci belt, though. But you're renting. Oh, okay. I mean, like, and just, look, and... <laughs> me say all this. think it's a fucking joke at this point. But me saying all this is just... Just, like, contextualizing the fact that... People... A lot of people... African men in particular who I've encountered place a lot of emphasis on the wrong things. You know, how can I be American some more? How can I be American down to the socks? But you don't have any money. You just lease this car. Like, you know, Is so what are we doing? Like, I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed. Like... Come to me with, I mean, don't come to me rundown, but you coming to me with um, the latest Gucci, the latest Yeezys, I could give a fuck. Like, if I could give any less of a fuck, I would. I would. I'm just so unimpressed. And I'm seeing that a lot from these African men, which is why I'm telling Portia, (laughs) don't date this guy. (laughs) Because he's an African man. Uh, but no, look, aside from that Her African man, apparently he is A millionaire And not just a millionaire He has 40 million You know, in his name So, I get it Portia <laughs> I get it Um, but You know, again Sometimes You gotta date the married man <laughs> Look, I support Portia. Love wins. Um, I know that's a, a, a saying that's usually said for LGBTQIA folks. But I'm saying that for the situation because we have a situation, we have a relationship that may not be good looking for the optics. But... If we look at it as a nuanced situation, it's love. At least, for the, I'm not in that relationship, right? I don't know what's going on. But at the end of the day, let people do, do them. And I also, like, there's this other reality show that I've watched. Real Housewives of, what is it called? Uh, damn, it's the one, it's the latest one. <sighs> Real Housewives of, oh my gosh, I'll tell you guys right now. Hold on little housewives of salt lake city yes okay so salt lake city is the latest one in the franchise and there's a woman there's a housewife on the show who's a cast member and she said how her now husband is someone who she had an affair with when she was married to her first husband And he was actually married to his first wife at the time of this affair. Like, okay, those days. Like, damn, that's kind of you know, you know, shit happens. But shit happens. That's really what it is. Shit happens. And then they ended their marriages to marry, marry each other to be with each other. And they've been married for years now. But what happened? As a result of that, you know, uh, people weren't pleased and they also came from a Mormon background. Salt Lake City is big on Mormons or Mormons is big in Salt Lake City. So when this came into the the limelight, she was ridiculed. You know, she and he were ridiculed. They were disowned. They were disbarred. But people did not approve and you, you have to look at it like this, like, again, we live in this world for such a short amount of time, at least in the flesh that we're in, right? At least in this present time, you know, you may be reincarnated again and, you know, be in someone else's body or whatever, but we live in this world in this present time only once. And you mean to tell me you're not going to go forward with your happiness, with your peace with your shot at love because it doesn't look good because your parents wouldn't approve and like when you really sit down like think about that i don't think that's okay I don't, I don't think that's fair sure you hurt people who you or who they thought was going to fall under this expectation of this life order for you but obviously she was not happy in her marriage obviously it wasn't working out and obviously he was not happy in his marriage obviously it was it wasn't working out and they found each other and maybe they found each other at uh an uncomfortable point in their lives but they still pursued each other and they still committed to that pursuit and they still went like at the end of the day go 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 forth, go forth with your happiness. Go forth with it. All right, let's let's discuss this Joe Budden podcast situation. Let's just switch gears and talk about this Joe Budden controversy. Look, you guys know I am a Joe Venger, okay? Which which is a term that I've learned uh, the past few days now, <laughs> and it's basically for I'm on his defense team. I'm I'm a rider for Joe Budden. I don't know what about. I do know why, but like it's it's not necessarily like oh I, I I'm a diehard fan of him. You know musically. No, I'm not saying he's a bad rapper. He's a great rapper. But as far as him and his essence, I see him. I I know it's like oh you should women shouldn't support him if you care about shut up. I see him and I see me in him. Like I see similarities in our personality. I see similarities in how we deliver and how we communicate and how we love and how we hurt and how we receive. I see myself in him. I see a reflection of me in so many ways in him. And what I admire about him is his vulnerability, is his... is his courage to be vulnerable. You know, to be a black man in America, it's not easy to be vulnerable. It is actually discouraged to be vulnerable. So to see someone who continues to put forth his feelings, no matter how raw they are, no matter how maybe inappropriate, quote unquote, but who the fuck are we to say what's inappropriate or not? I think we also just need to recognize that we like to pacify each other and put each other in a box and what i appreciate about joe Budden is that he does not put himself in a box he will break out of that box he will talk shit about whoever tries to put him in a box he will continue to talk out loud against the box like he's a box cutter type of dude and i fucks with people like that men women i love people like that who just who stand in their essence, just stand in who they are, unapologetically, and even apologetically at times. Because what I've realized about him is that he will come forth and say, "You know what? I fucked up. I, I didn't make the right to, right choice there. I was on, you know, bad terms with this person, so I was operating from a space of hurt and a, a place of pain." And he. Can be apologetic and he can just show up has his true. So I just really I love people like that. I really do. So I stand for him. I stand with him in regards of everything. And it's not to be biased. It's just to people like him and people like me because I see so much of myself in him. Is uh, we're often misunderstood. We're often not heard and not really listened to. Uh, growing up, I, I experienced the same type of things that he's experienced as far as just like people not understanding him or, or expecting him to follow along a, a particular pathway. And it's so admirable to be someone who does whatever they fucked, whatever the fuck they want to do. Like, I just admire that no matter what you do, right? You, no matter what life path, no matter what life path you decide to take you decided to take it and that's what i admire about joe budden and of course his his uh history in just social relations in general whether it's romantic business friendship whatever the case is there is a somewhat of a tainted history and it's so easy to just to, to judge him based off of his past and based off of him when he was younger and when he was in relationships that weren't the best, you know, that were classified as toxic, we don't like, I feel like with Joe Budden, we don't like to recognize that, oh, he could have been and he was a victim of his circumstance or he was a victim of his own thoughts that may have been problematic. and we don't understand that you know he he has a story too and i what i often see about him about the ridicule that people have against him is that he's an abuser and he does he hates black women and he's this is that you know he's irrational and it's like but are you listening to him though like are you even like you you come into a story with these preconceived notions and we don't realize that that we're just judging people off of what other people are saying, rather than really understanding who that person is. And the way I am, I like to understand you, right? I seek to understand, and I like to be understood too, because I'm often misunderstood. And what I see with Joe Budden is that he is often misunderstood as well. And don't get me wrong, he does not always handle things with grace and um, you know the best the best care, maybe sometimes, but. At the end of the day, there needs to be some level of understanding that we're giving. You know, like, are we listening? We're just, a lot of people just come into conversation about Joe Budden and towards Joe Budden with this preconceived notion, with just no openness, with no, with no, with no, um, with no grace to just understand. Like, I, Look, and it's probably bad. I don't think it's bad, but like I like to even understand killers. I really, I like to understand people who do horrible shit. Like, what happened to you? You know, what happened to you for you to commit this crime? You know, what happened in your life that brought you towards this path of evil? Of of danger, of, of creepiness, of unsettling energy. What happened to you? I like to understand. So when it comes to Joe Biden, I always seek to understand. When it comes to people, I, I always seek to understand. And I try to place my judgment towards the left. Because at the end of the day, what are we doing? What, what are we doing? Like we just, we know we're living in this world and we're trying to we, we put people in this box, like, oh, if you're a Republican, that means you're racist. If you're a Democrat, that means you, you care about all people. If you're black, then, you know, all these things, and there's all these expectations that we put upon people when it's like, just let people fucking live. Let people be. Let people make mistakes. Let people grow. Let people evolve. Let people be. Let that be the word of the day. Be. What, what you doing today? I'm being. I'm being, I'm just being in love. I'm just being in pursuit of happiness. I'm just being in my full essence. I am just being. Let him be. Let Joe Budden be, okay? That's, that's the title. <laughs> but okay, for those who may not be familiar with the controversy is that, so Joe Budden fired his two guest um, co-hosts on air while they weren't um present of the episode. So Rory, or like DJ Academic says, Rory! <laughs> DJ Academic, he's so funny. But uh yeah, Rory and Maul were absent from the show for a month. And in their absence, Joe Budden put or replaced them with his two, uh, two of his close close friends, who he's known for many many years ish, and Ice, who I love, I love the replacement. I just want, I would rather have them on the show than Maul and Rory. I think with Maul and Rory, what 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 went wrong was that they eventually stopped caring about the podcast. And if you've watched the podcast or listened to the podcast since the beginning until now you would recognize that there's a there's a difference there's a difference there's a there maybe there's some resentment maybe there's just a disconnect maybe there's boredom maybe there's a dis, uh, you know a lack of interest that is had when it comes to this podcast thing or their podcast or the environment that they're in whatever it is there is a disconnect this podcast has been successful based off of the chemistry that is had between joe between rory and joe between rory and maul between joe and maul between you know all three of them including parks as well who's the engineer and, and who's he'll speak a little bit too much sometimes but like he'll speak too as well on the on the podcast but Ever since that chemistry has been shaken, there's a, there's a downfall. There's a difference in just the vibes of the show, and they or Joe decided to tell Rory, Rory, to you know take a little break from the podcast. He texted him that, and ever since that text happened, there's been chaos that's been present publicly to us uh, regarding their placement on the show. And Maul decided to take it upon himself to ride for Rory, who I, I find that a little, a little weird because Maul has known Joe longer. And, look, I'm big on loyalty. And when it comes to, like, damn, bitch, I, I knew you 15-plus <laughs> years, and I just met this nigga worry for seven years and you signed him with this nigga like what like we've we've had a relationship much longer and you're quick to just run off with this new nigga i i'm hurt too and see so i see it that way the way that joe budden saw it and i know he likes to say well i didn't i didn't you know my feelings don't matter and i don't feel but like he made several points throughout th- these previous episodes of him recognizing that why did Maul side with this guy who he's known much shorter than he's known me then he's had a friendship with me and that is my issue too like why are what the fuck is our friendship then you know so it really hurts when people are like that you know so i get joe i get him um and there's now this talk about there's a lack of transparency when it comes to the books, the the books meaning the the accounting, the money that's being profited from the podcast, and apparently Rory and Ma feel shortchanged when it comes to uh, how much they're getting paid, and what I don't understand is I think that there's just been a lack of communication all around, and it's... Easy to paint Joe Budden as the bad guy. And when we think, let's think, let's talk about this for a second because this there's this, um, you know, we talk shit about our bosses, right? There's this common nature, there's this culture around colleagues, around employees in particular, talking shit about their boss. And I don't like I don't like that. Not all the time. I understand sometimes maybe maybe the boss is something stupid and you want to rant to your colleague about it. X, Y, and Z, cool. But I also like to under you know, like I said, I like to understand people. I like to seek to understand you. You know, we all come from different backgrounds. We all come from different perspectives. So let me learn about you. Let me learn you. And that's how I feel about bosses as well. You know, my The boss that I have at my workplace, I love her, (laughs) I love her, she's great, and I've been through a, a a plethora of bosses who I did not like, who did not make me feel valued, and what I appreciate about my boss is that I am valued, I am seen, I am heard, I'm recognized, I feel, I feel good in her, in her line of employees or whatever, you know, but That's what I appreciate when it comes to relationships in general. Am I seen? Am I heard? Am I valued? Am I appreciated? All of these things. And I feel that from her and I've experienced that with her in our working relationship. So when I would have colleagues come to me and just always, always talk shit like she could never do anything right in their eyes, it's like... But what are you doing wrong? Like, you know, people are so quick to 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 talk shit about their bosses, and I just wonder what could you have done differently. What is it about you that you always seem to come out of this conversation with your with our boss, and you always mad because you're ridiculed over this or you're quote unquote reprimanded over this? Like, are you on top of your stuff? Are you doing your part? Like, let's let's dial back. (laughs) Let's just dial back and have a moment of self reflection. Okay? Because as you guys know, I'm very, excuse me, I'm very reflective. So I'm quick to always check in with myself before I think about how mad I am or upset I am about the other person or, or about the situation. I think about, okay, what could I what could I have done differently? Or what did I do to possibly contribute? Or, you know, what is your responsibility? And that's what I'm so, like, when I, I'm a boss, in a way, like, of myself, of my own self, like in a way. But, like, as far as, like, running a business, of uh in having employees right having quote unquote subordinates you know inferiors uh, essentially i don't like saying that word but you know what i mean i i i want to also create a space where you feel seen and heard and all these things and when we're just like expecting the boss to be perfect and all this stuff i'm just wondering like when are you going to take responsibility? You know so I think about Maul and Rory and I'm just like what are they taking any responsibilities as employees because apparently they're not partners of the Joe Budden podcast hence the name and they don't have partnership at all in the in the business from what I'm gathering right? And you know I'm I'm a Joe Ventures. So I'm riding with Joe. I'm riding with Joe. And I just ultimately think how Maul and Rory went about things was not okay. I feel like directly they should have had a conversation with Joe. But because of their personal issues that seemed to be the case, it that got in the way of handling things properly. Instead, I'm going to be sneaky and have my lawyer call you when it's like, wait, we also have a friendship too. So as friends and as uh employee and boss relationship there should be a level of understanding and boundaries should be set um so it's unfortunate that the podcast has turned into this you know little drama but i understand that things do progress things do evolve and what you thought was is no longer and that's okay and i really love ish ish and ice (laughs) so this it still works out i'm still pleased and what i love about ish and ice is that they are no hold bars they they speak from the heart they're authentic with it they do not try to appease to a certain uh, group of people they're not affiliated necessarily with industry folks so they really speak from uh, an authentic place, and with Mall and Rory, because of their they're so connected to the industry, and they have these ties with Jay Z, with Rockefeller, with certain people in the industry. They're not as open and transparent on the podcast as they could be, and as they once were. Um, especially with Mall, he's not as open about anything he's very close-minded he's very archaic in his thought process he doesn't even really have much emotional experiences when it comes to women and when it comes to dating at one point i thought he might have been i don't, don't want to say gay but like maybe it's asexual like something's a little off with him like there is this close. That he has. Like, he is completely closed off when it comes to vulnerability, when it comes to vulnerability with women, when it comes to just fucking. Like, I have, I, I can't think of one last story he said about any prior relationship. And it's fine. Look, I don't think it's a red flag necessarily when men haven't been in relationships for a long time. But to not have any type of relations with women or, at least that's how it comes off. I know he said, I don't understand why you guys think that, but I think because he's not so forthright with it, not to say he needs to say every detail, but you're on a podcast. Like, there is, you have to be transparent, right? That's what makes it work. That's what makes it connect with your listeners. You know, on this podcast, I share a lot, right? There's a lot of y'all listening who who would reach out to me and be like, damn <laughs> I didn't know you felt this way, or, dang, that's crazy, you know, I didn't think he was going to say that, like, I'm very open, and there's some things I could be, throw you out the window type of open, but I try to keep things a little, I, I try to keep some things to myself, but for the most part, I am very out there, and I like doing that, there is no point in having a platform and you're just putting on a facade. The whole point, I feel like the whole point in life is to connect with people. The whole point in life is to connect with people. How can I connect with you, right? How can you connect with me? And this is why it's important to seek understanding when you're speaking to people. This is why it's important to really just sit back with yourself and reflect and find ways to connect with people how can we uh find areas where we are closer where we understand where we just vibe like what you know what are we doing like we're in this world it's already hard as it is right and though it's beautiful it's hard at the same time but that's the beauty in it. why can't we talk about that you know why can't we uh, piece our stories and our experiences together and and find moments of just connect oh connection is amazing so look Molly Ru could go Molly Ruy could go and though it's unfortunate how it all played out. I stand with Joe Budden. I think being a boss is not easy. And we don't give him the grace, unfortunately, because of this tainted history that he's had in his relationships prior. Um, And because of this, people are just so quick to put him as this bad guy. And I just hate that. Like, I wish we would just listen. And seek to understand, you know, there's this movement of black women who, not every black woman, but I've seen this movement of many black female influencers online, on YouTube in particular, who's just going about their platform screaming how black men are terrorists, (laughs) black men must die. Black men are horrible, horrible creatures. We don't need black men. And I'm just trying to understand, where the fuck, how did we get here? How did we get to such a breakdown in our relationships with each other that we are screaming this out loud? And yes, there are black men out here who have um, degraded and been violent towards black women and who has been condescending like of course there's a, a chunk of black men and white men you know we could go down a whole list of black men who's done that but there's also plenty of black men who love us like and let's just like we are we're so quick to look at the negative and not uplift the black men who do see black women who do value black women and look as much as as much as I talk shit about y'all niggas, I, I do it with love. It's funny. It's a joke, you know? And But yet, I'm seeing a lot of seriousness around this whole notion that black men must die type of thing. Like, damn, black men. I've literally seen someone, a whole black female influencer who has a large following, and she'll just say, black men are terrorists. And I was like, okay, this is dangerous rhetoric. If a black man were to have said that on his platform, where he has a large following, and he says black women are terrorists, you know how much backlash he he would get. But because black women feel like they could just speak about black men in such a way that is not that is just not it's just not nice and. Yes, hold black men accountable, but I also feel like while we hold them accountable, let's love them. Let's uplift them. Let's seek to understand them. We all come from the same sort of history right you know maybe my upbringing may not be the same as someone else who's not haitian but at the end of the day we're still black we're still you know we still share these experiences that is had here on this land of america so to be quick and to go about and spread this this rhetoric of black men being terrorists it really just hurts it's i think it's hurtful i feel this tinge i feel this tinge every time i see this online every time I hear it and I look at those black women like damn bitch you just just if you just want to be by yourself just say that then you don't have to talk about how black, how black men ain't shit like if you just want to be by yourself then just be by yourself like just be by yourself alone you don't have to just go ahead and and eradicate all of the black men because you've been hurt by two or three of them look I've been hurt by plenty of black men and I still love them and I still wanna be married to one, right? I, and I still wanna build a legacy with a black man. That does not stop. That does not stop. Like, the the picture is too big for me, for me to let it be tainted based off of these, these minute experiences that I've had with black fuckboys from the past. Like, ain't anybody got time for that? Like, I still love, value, want, desire, need, wanna fuck, like, black men! A black man let's keep that specific because there's only one right now and I'm so grateful but there's you know there's this idea of just like well I, <laughs> just dang shit and I'm just not here for it you know I have plenty of black women around me who are buying homes who are just doing it for themselves and though I commend that don't get me wrong let me just make this very clear because I do not want to be categorized as a pick me. Okay, I'm so sick of that. I'm so sick of that language. Me even saying that I support Joe Biden, <laughs> it makes me a pygmy to 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 some women because it's like, how could you support? Because I don't look at things in this in this diluted version, right? I look at you as this complex human being, as I am. You know, I want the same grace to be given to me when I fall short, right? When I fall short again, because I'm not perfect. Or, you know, there, there needs to be grace given. Anyway, uh, what was I saying? Black men, black men, black men. I forgot. But, oh, th- like, there's just, just, yeah, just like in general. Black men need to be just, uh, we just need to do better with each other. We just need to do better. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Maybe it'll come back to me. But I'm, I'm a Joe Avenger, and it is what it is. Uh Oh, that's what I was going to say. Okay, so, yeah, there's... I'm seeing a lot of black women, single black women buying homes. And though I saluted, and look, I was gonna be that <laughs> that woman not too long ago. I wanted to buy my own home and I was single at the time. And I mean, as far as like I'm I was unmarried, I'm unmarried. So yeah, but I though I still want my first house, I still want to get it, you know, no matter what context, but I also I want a man. Like <laughs> I want a husband. I want I want the the union of us doing it together and having this experience and and it's not to say I'm waiting for that necessarily for that to happen in order before I get my house. I'm just saying ideally I would like a house and I would like for that house to be shared with me and my husband and me my you know, me and my man or whatever that looks like. So I Uh, I say that to say, like, I, I've seen a lot of black women in these, like, big homes, and they're by themselves. Like, they're single in this big-ass house. I don't want to be in a big-ass house by myself. Sorry. I don't. I don't. I don't. And that doesn't make me less independent or less of a woman, less of a strong black woman. I don't want to be in a big house by myself i don't want to take care of the gutters i don't want to take care of the roofing i don't want to take care of the the plumbing by myself and sure i'm not doing the work like physically right i'm not doing that work you'll hire somebody i don't want to do that i want my husband to take care of that i want i want i want to do that i just want to (laughs) cook (laughs) <laughs> Let me stop but no but then I was like I don't want to deal with that stuff I don't that's not favorable to me that doesn't uh, entice me oh a... and then oh you're bringing women back a hundred years you're making women you know look like these these you know weaklings who who need assistance I just don't want to do it I don't want to take that to trash. Okay? I don't. I don't. I don't want to check the oil in my car. I want my man to do that. I want that to be... And I I want that traditional home. I really do. And to be categorized as this pick-me woman, you know, and for those who may not know what that is, it's, it's basically... If you at all agree with a man in this day and age, if you agree with a man and, let's add on to that, and you disagree with the woman when it comes to just anything, like when it comes to... The, the politics of dating or just any interpersonal relationship issue that that arises and you're saying, well, I understand how a man feel this way, then you're categorized as a pick me because it looks like you're trying to get the man or get any man to pick me, pick me, you know, pick me as your woman, pick me as your wife, you know, see me, you know, and it looks like you would try to diminish women has as much as you can in order to be picked by a man and that's fucking that's not me that's not me like we need to understand that there's 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 uh moments there's moments in conversation that we have with people and we realize oh i don't agree with you and that's okay doesn't make me say that you're less of an educated person. I just don't fucking agree with you. It doesn't make me say I'm desperate for a man to pick me. I just don't fucking agree with you. So, you know, I'm just not here for this whole black men are terrorist stuff. You know, we are dividing ourselves more than we realize. You know, when we're living in a world that's already trying to divide us anyway you know we're already hated by the white man or the black man's already hated by the white man and you know you have prison you have the the the, 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 the complexities of prison okay going to jail that's already a, a lot for black men so why why do you think it's appropriate to add on to that you know i already have a cousin who's been doing time in prison a male cousin who's doing time in prison and um, I feel like it's appropriate to add on to his his uh, his plight as a black man. like why do that? Like I would want my man to come home and feel released when he's with me. feel like he is so at peace that he is so at one with himself just because my presence, my essence has, created a space for him to feel that way i don't want you to come home to me and you feel more angst right you feel more anxiety you feel more unnerved because i'm i'm adding on to what the world is already giving you no let's lift each other up let's find ways especially if we share the same community let's find ways to lift each other up uh i want to end off this episode by talking about married at first sight real quick. I think uh, Eric and Virginia is a toxic couple. you know the the easy toxic couple that we recognize on the show is obviously Kristen page but I think Erica Eric sorry Erica <laughs> I think Eric and Virginia is a red flag for me. The way that the decision day unfolded for them was very uncomfortable for me to watch. The fact that he pressured her, basically, he spoke for a good 10, 12, 15, 20, an hour, an hour during his decision uh, explanation, right? And he did not give her or even allow for any space for her to speak. (laughs) After he went through this whole speech This whole lecture He got down on his knee and proposed to her And Virginia It felt like she had no choice But to say yes to his proposal She didn't have an opportunity To develop her thoughts And vocalize How the experience was for her There was no questioning Done towards her because Eric stole the show And what I don't like about that Is that it's it's a testament of the reflection of their relationship. He would talk over her he'll talk at her and he wants things a certain way and though I don't like Virginia I don't like Eric I don't like both of them ind- independently and collectively just 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 wrong but I really did I really did not appreciate that you know it, it seems like he is a pacifier. He will silence her at whatever point she needs to be silenced, according to him. So I'm worried about that. And I wonder how this is going to unfold. I am triggered by him because Short Bay, you know, the guy I I dated many moons ago, uh, was very similar, is very similar to, to Eric. I don't know if he's changed now. I haven't spoken to him in a year or so. But he's very similar to Eric. Very similar. As far as this controlling, this, um, this rigid way of thinking, this this uneasy delivery where he'll just be like all or nothing type of thing. Like, well, if you don't wanna do it, then I'm done. Then I'm done, I'm out. That's not gonna happen, I'm I'll leave right now. You can leave, you can leave. I know I'm gonna stay. I know what house I'm gonna live in. And you can go wherever you wanna go. You don't have to stay. (laughs) That was short bay. That was short bay towards me. When we were dating, we'll get into arguments and he'll say, well, we don't have to do this. We don't have to be together. We don't have to be together. And he'll say it so often that I would get so angry. Like, Nick, what the fuck? Why would you say that to somebody? We don't have to. Obviously, we're not chained together. We don't, there's no gun to my head having to be with you. You're stating the obvious. But the way that it's said, it demonstrates this dismissiveness that he would display to me time and time again. Every time we'll get into this, in, the, in a disagreement, he'll always say that. And it was like he'll dangle it in my face, like a little carrot. You know, we don't have to be together. And at that point, I wasn't who I am now. No shade to me. But I wasn't as evolved in myself as I am now. So I felt like I needed to hold on to him to, to feel this validation. Child. I wish I could go back sometime and just be like, girl, what the fuck are you doing? But, you know, you grow, you learn. And, of course, I have these stories that I share to connect with people so we could seek to understand each other. See how it all comes together? It all comes together. But, yeah, Virginia, you, you in danger, girl. You in danger. I'm going to go ahead and end the podcast here, y'all. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. And I would check in with you guys next time. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of God Built This Podcast with your host, Maxine. Be sure to leave a review, give me five stars, and of course, subscribe. Also, follow God Built This Podcast on Instagram at God Built this Pod. God bless.